Welcome to the Lisa Show. I'm Lisa Natoli. Thank you so much for joining me. Today I'm going to be talking about collapsing time. This might be a little bit of a trippy talk for many of you. It might be something you're hearing from the very first time. I ask for you to keep an open mind. I ask for you to stay for the whole talk. And above all else, I ask for you to practice these ideas and you will see that they are true. So if you are here for the first time, welcome. I'm Lisa Natoli. My website is lisanatoli.com. I have been doing a series of podcasts on healing and transformation. You can find all of them on my website, lisanatoli.com. I am a teacher of A Course in Miracles, and I'm a healer. Everyone is a healer. Because all healing means is an awareness of your own wholeness. It's a process of coming back to your holiness, your wholeness, and your innocence. And I'm going to be talking about that today with this idea of collapsing time. So what I'd like for you to do is just begin here where you are in what we call the present moment. And in this present moment, you have ideas of a past that has already occurred for you. If I asked for you on the day you were born, you could tell me that's your birth, that's your arrival into time and space. And you also have a future and the future is unknown to you. And at the end of the future, you also have an unknown date that's called death. And that's called time and space. And almost everyone believes in it. And so today I'm going to be talking about collapsing time. A miracle is a shift in perception from fear to love. And I want you to just start from this place just to keep that timeline in your mind. So if I asked you, how old are you? You could tell me. And that age could only be based on your memory of a past that started with your birth date. From there, you have events that occurred in your timeline, and you could tell me about them. Tell me where you grew up, where you got married, where you went to college, if you got divorced, there was sickness, if there was a death that occurred around you. And these are points on your timeline that bring you to the moment where you are now. And then the mind also has an ability to think about the future. So things that you think that you want. Many people who are experiencing sickness have an idea of a future in which they are either healed or they get sicker and they die. So those are some of the options that people think about when they think about their future. Other options that people think about in their future is getting married or getting a job or doing work that they love buying a house, buying a car, having a child, traveling. So these are future events on your timeline. And here we are in this present moment. What happens is you get stuck in a sequence and we think it's normal. We've been taught this is what it is to be a human being. And so we're starting from this place where we are now. I want to read from A Course in Miracles, chapter one. And I originally was reading from the Foundation for Inner Peace version, which I've had since 1992. I have almost a photographic memory, and I have read A Course in Miracles so many times that I know exactly where things are in the blue book. 
but I have been reading from the Circle of Atonement version of A Course in Miracles for one year. That is all of the original notes from Helen Shuckman that never made it into the Blue Book. So I don't know exactly where all the sections are in this purple book, the CE edition, because they added so much more in. There was so much that was left out, but I found it. And I'm just going to tell you both pages in case you have the blue book, you can find it. I'm going to tell you there is a tremendous amount of information left out of the blue book. So I invite for you to buy a copy of the Circle of Atonement version. It's a purple book and you will love it. If you love what I'm talking about today, you will absolutely love this book. So in the blue book, it is on page eight. And in the Circle of Atonement book, which I call the Purple Book, is on page 42. I'm just going to read from you this one paragraph here. I'm going to read it actually from the Foundation version first. And it says, The miracle minimizes the need for time. In the longitudinal or horizontal plane, the recognition of the equality of the members of the sonship appears to involve almost endless time. However, the miracle entails a sudden shift from horizontal to vertical perception. So horizontal is the flat line where you have a birth date, a present, a future, and things on your timeline. Horizontal. Vertical perception is goes up and down. So you find a point on your timeline, your horizontal timeline, and you shift from horizontal perception. So horizontal perception is where you think of a future in front of you in terms of hours, minutes, days, weeks, months. That's horizontal. Vertical collapses time completely. There is no timeline. So I'm going to read that again. It says the miracle entails a sudden shift from horizontal to vertical perception. This introduces an interval from which the giver and receiver both emerge farther along in time than they would otherwise have been. The miracle thus has the unique property of abolishing time to the extent that it renders the interval of time it spans unnecessary. There is no relationship between the time a miracle takes and the time it covers. The miracle substitutes for learning that might have taken thousands of years. It does so by the underlying recognition of perfect equality of giver and receiver on which the miracle rests. The miracle shortens time by collapsing it, thus eliminating certain intervals within it. It does this, however, within the larger temporal sequence. So these are the words of Jesus. They came through a woman named Helen Shuckman in the 1960s and the 1970s, and it's the same words that were spoken 2,000 years ago. It's from the same mind. So I wanted to start with this because this is important and most people do not believe in this about the miracle shortening time by collapsing it, thus eliminating certain intervals within it. I love this part here. It says in the purple book, it talks about distributing the light 
It establishes an out-of-pattern time interval, which is not under the usual laws of time. Only in this sense is it timeless. By collapsing time, it literally saves time, much the way daylight savings time does. It rearranges the distribution of light. Let's just start there. And that might sound extremely confusing to you where you are. And that is the reason why I am always encouraging people to do the workbook lessons of A Course in Miracles. It is a mind training program. It takes one year. And when you do those lessons, it clears away whole chunks of belief systems from your mind just in the daily practicing of those lessons. And as the clearing occurs, clarity comes. You suddenly will notice that you do understand what these words are saying. I want to just put this in simple language so that you can begin to understand it. In this now moment, I want you to think about if you have any people in your life who you have grievances towards, resentments towards, if you think they should be doing things differently, if you have regrets, just anything that's time-based. Think about that. People are time-based. So let's just take one example. Let's take one person in your life that you have a grievance with. Here you are in a present moment, and in the future, you have an idea that something will happen or not happen. So in the future, either you will forgive them, or they will do something that makes you let go of your grievance. They will change, and then you will change. So there's all these different possibilities. It's in the future. And so that's an interval of time that's not now. When you shift your perception from horizontal to vertical, so let's just decide that you're having a difficulty with a person. Maybe it will be resolved in a month. Let's just, let's just use that as a, as a time frame. And now here you are in this moment, and what the shift does is it brings you outside of the time space where there are no bodies, there's no stories, there's only the remembrance of your own holiness and the holiness of everyone. And what happens is when you drop back down into time and space, you can leap over that entire sequence. You can actually travel. It's not even a traveling up, but that's a good visual. Like if you have a timeline, notice yourself as a point on the timeline in this now moment, and you allow yourself to get still. You allow yourself to let go of every story, every identification that you have put on everyone. Like you think, that's my husband, that's my wife, that's my coworker, that's my enemy, that's my very, very good friend, that's my not so good friend, that's a stranger, I don't know that person, that's a person who has money, that's a person who doesn't have money. And we identify everything here in time and space, including ourselves. So in a holy instant, you allow yourself to be released from every identification. You're in a still, quiet space. 
And what happens is, is that you can actually travel 10 years to the future. You can travel 20 years from the future. You can also travel 10 years to the past. You can travel 20 years to the past. You can travel to before you were born. You can travel to after your supposed death date because you are timeless. You are eternal. You can drop in at any point on your timeline. What Jesus tells us in A Course in Miracles is that healing is before the problem began and after the problem was solved. It's like you you go to before you started having these symptoms or these feelings of disconnect or you go after when the thing is healed. And that's a state of mind. That's a state of being. When you're thinking about the example of a difficult person and you're stuck in time and space, what's going on is you're waiting for something to occur externally. Either you're going to do something or they're going to do something and there will be a resolution. And that has to involve time. I want you to notice that. A miracle allows you to let go of the entire story. There are no enemies. There's nothing to forgive. There's nothing to do. You don't have a story. The only way you can have an idea of a person you have a conflict with is if you're remembering something from the past. It is the only way. Otherwise, you wouldn't know that person. You wouldn't have a history with them. But we have a history because of an ability called memory. And we drag the past into the present and we hold on to our grievances and now we have created a future that we don't even want. Fastest track to healing is the recognition, oh my God, I'm insane. Like to recognize that, to recognize what you've been doing holding on to grievances. You have been blocking the light that you are. And so collapsing time is a recognition you don't want to be stuck in the timeline anymore. I'm going to Denmark. I'm so excited. I have very good friends in Denmark, Fleming and Katja. I'm traveling there in the month of May, and I'm going to be giving a small, very private weekend gathering on healing and prayer on May 19th and May 20. And so I've been looking a lot at the psychotherapy handbook, and I've been looking a lot at the Song of Prayer booklet, which we're going to be talking about when I'm there. And it's so interesting how... The idea of prayer talks about a ladder, that there's a ladder of prayer. And when you first begin, and everyone begins here when you have a belief in time and space, is that prayer is about asking for things. You're either asking for things that are material, a house, a car, money. You're asking for status. You're asking for healing. And then if you're on a spiritual path, you start asking for more advanced things like honesty or goodness. You ask for truth. You're asking for something, but you're still asking as if you haven't received it already. So that's the very, very bottom on this rung. Jesus talks about there being stages and steps in the relinquishment of guilt. So you are allowing yourself to rise up and that's vertical perception. So horizontal is just on the bottom. You want things and you're stuck in horizontal perception. And when you're stuck in a timeline, you get all of the results and the effects of that location 
which you're stuck in. And so healing, I've always said, is a decision. It is a decision to leave the place where you have been hanging out because you recognize there's nothing going on there. And so when you make a decision to leave the timeline, it's like a happy game you can play. So what we do when we're stuck in time is we think, I'm doing things for healing. I'm doing things to improve myself or I'm doing things to fix myself. And later in the future, I will experience a change and I will notice it in the physical world. I'll have more money. I'll have better health. I'll have better relationships. But when you collapse time, you skip over all of that. You recognize your wholeness right now. The memory of God is returned to you because that's all you want. So the song of prayer is amazing. It says true prayer is a song of the son to the father. That's it. It is me in total communication and gratitude to God for what I am. And there are no needs and there are no wants. And in that place, you recognize the total accomplishment that it's here and now. And you can go there. You can just go there right now. And the way you do it is by recognizing you don't want to hold on to these grievances anymore. So you need forgiveness. It's like once you've transcended all of the human attributes of the world, forgiveness is not needed. But as you're rising up, going to the next level and the next step on the ladder, you see that you're, you're simply looking at your life and you're making decisions at every step of the way. And the decision always becomes to let go of the grievance. And what it says in Song of Prayer is that at the bottom rung are feelings of inadequacy and weakness and lack and scarcity. If you are asking for anything in the world, it can only be because you're believing in separation. And remember last week, there's only one problem and one solution. The problem is the belief in separation. You make a decision in this moment, and not everyone's ready to do it, but perhaps you are, is you make a decision for God only. To remember the love that you are. God is not in you. You are in God. And this love surrounds you. It permeates everything. It is in every cell in you and in everyone. There is no place that this light is not. It's like a drop in the ocean. You can never be separate from this love. It's like the air that you're sitting in right now. You're in it. And that's what it means to be in God. God is not in you. You are in God. And yet, when we're trapped in time and space, you think that God is separate from you. That you have to reach God somehow. That's the problem. That's the separation. And so all healing now is the acknowledgement of your own wholeness. And there's nothing wrong with wanting things of the world. But what I want you to do is to become aware of whether you're choosing to stay in time and space or whether you're making a decision to leave all of that behind. And this is a place when the light begins distributing itself of immense fear for almost everyone. Because it is a dismantling of your thought system. And when your thought system begins to dismantle, 
And what I mean by that is that your thought system is a tightly woven, let's think of it like a ball of string or wax, and it's very tight. It's a very tight system. It's a system of your attitudes, your beliefs, your thoughts. And what we do as humans is we try to hold this thought system together. We try to not let things go too far off the grid because we don't know what will happen. So we control things. We try to control the energy. When you have a willingness to allow the transformation to occur for you and in you, it is going to require trust. It is going to require courage. Because when the light starts to be redistributed, you don't know what will happen. I can't tell you what will happen. But the speed by which you allow the light to be redistributed is up to you. So what most people do is they think, well, I'll let things change a little, but I still need to hold on because we're too afraid of just letting go completely. We don't know what will happen. And so we hold on. We are now the ruler of the universe. And it's going to take a much longer time to get to the place where you leave the horizontal time. You just make a decision like, okay, wow, I, I can't hold on anymore. That might take a couple more months or it might take a couple more years. The time factor is up to you. Or you can just in this moment say, I'm ready, let's go. And this is the reason I love Jesus as a role model and a teacher from what he was doing 2,000 years ago. When he had his awakening in the 40 days in the desert, and he left that desert space and went straight down to the docks to where the fishermen were, and he said, let's go, we're leaving. And only 12 came with him. And they wanted to go and go back home, get some things, pack a bag, tell their families. And he said, no, we're leaving now. And the reason for that is because of the redistribution of light. If you're given any time to think about this, you will redistribute yourself back into your old life again. And so Jesus, as the great disruptor, is trying to get us in the point where we can say, okay, I'm going. Same thing with Moses in Egypt when he was trying to free the slaves. They didn't want to go. They were comfortable in their slavery. They had a place to live. They had food. It was comfortable, but they were slaves. And that's what it is to be here in time and space. We are comfortable with our slavery. We don't recognize that we're prisoners. What I'm offering here isn't for everyone, but maybe it's for you. And you make a decision and you say, okay, I'm going. I don't know what that means. I don't know what it will look like, but I'm going. And then what happens is that you leave the space and then you find another comfort zone for yourself. So this is what happened with Moses getting stuck in the desert for 40 years. So what often happens on a spiritual path is you're alone for a long time have an awakening experience, just a brief moment of the peace and the joy that's available to you. You find a group or a community that you love and everyone's on board with these ideas. You could get stuck there now. You get stuck there. But if you're honest with yourself, even in a group of amazing 
beautiful, like-minded people, you still feel afraid. In the quietness of your own heart and mind, you still sink back down into doubt and weakness. And that's when you know, okay, I've, I've moved along a little, but then I stopped again and got stuck. And now I'm, I'm just hanging out with these happy people, but you're still stuck in your timeline. So this takes tremendous courage to go, to follow Jesus and go. You follow your own Christ mind and nobody can show you the way. Even I can't show you the way, but the way is open to you and you take time to begin listening, to just step back and allow yourself to be quiet and listen and trust. I want to read from A Course of Miracles. This is chapter one. I'm looking at the purple book, page 44. It says, the miracle is the only device which you have at your immediate disposal for controlling time. Only revelation transcends it, having nothing to do with time at all. The miracle is much like the body in that both are learning aids which aim at facilitating a state in which they are unnecessary. When you are finally in the original state of direct communication, Neither the body nor the miracle serves any purpose. So that's what it talks about in the Song of Prayer is that's the goal. You're in direct communication with God. While you are in the body, however, you can choose between loveless or miraculous channels of creativity. You can make an empty shell, but you do not make nothing at all. You can wait, delay, paralyze yourself, reduce your creativity almost to nothing, and even induce a real developmental arrest or regression. But you cannot abolish your creativity. You can destroy your medium of communication, but not your potential. You were not created by your own free will. Only what you make is yours to decide. I love this next line. It says, The basic decision of the miracle-minded is not to wait on time any longer than is necessary. Time can waste as well as be wasted. The miracle worker, which is what you are, therefore accepts the time control factor of the miracle gladly because he knows that every collapse of time brings everyone closer to the ultimate release from time in which the father and the son are one or of one kind. The real meaning of one kind is of one mind or will. When the will of the sonship and the father are one, their perfect accord is heaven. And then it talks about a celestial speed up. It says you do have special talents which are needed for the celestial speed up at this time. But note that the term speed up is not one which relates to the transcending of time. When time is abolished and all the sons of God have come home, no special agents will be necessary. I'm just going to skip over here now and then I'm going to end. And I really always encourage everyone who finds what I'm saying interesting to please get a copy of A Course in Miracles and commit yourself to the mind training. The workbook lessons take one year. There's 31 chapters in the text. 
There's a manual for teachers. But this is the collapse of time. You might think a year is a long time, but a year is nothing compared to the suffering that goes on to bring you to this point. I'm on page 79. It says, The miracle as the means of healing. Jesus says, All healing is the release from fear, but to undertake this, you cannot be fearful yourself. You do not understand healing because of your own fear. I have been hinting throughout that you must heal others. Can I get an amen? I have been hinting throughout that you must heal others. The reason is that their healing merely witnesses to yours. So to heal someone is to recognize that you are the Christ and you're seeing the Christ in them. You're seeing everyone is whole. You're seeing yourself as whole. You're remembering God. You're remembering love. A major step in the atonement plan is to undo error at all levels. Are you ready for some amazing sentences? It says, illness, which is really not right-mindedness, is the result of level confusion in the sense that it always entails the belief that what is amiss in one level can adversely affect another. We have constantly referred to miracles as the means of correcting level confusion. So illness is not right-mindedness. And what it says in the clarification of terms is there's not right-mindedness, which is what is called the ego. There is right-mindedness and there is one-mindedness. almost seems to involve steps. You're going from not right-mindedness to right-mindedness to one-mindedness. All physical illness represents a belief in magic. I talked about magic the Friday group for A Course in Miracles, we're renouncing magic. Magic is where you want things of the world. And you're renouncing the magic for the memory of God to be restored to you. All physical illness represents a belief in magic. And then over here, it calls the sick the non-right-minded. So I want you to just really let yourself be in this space where you're going to sit with these ideas. This is, it truly is all or nothing. This is an all or nothing path. And yet Jesus in his gentleness takes us from the place where we think we are as bodies separate from one another, separate from ourselves. takes us gently by the hand and leads us step by step. That's why I love it because it's so kind. This is a kind path. And so I love you with all my heart. Allow yourself to think about what you think is in your future and what you think you want. And watch yourself this week as the mind starts thinking what it wants. When you sit down with a piece of paper, you might just think, I only want God. Be alert that ego is very sneaky. So you might think, I only want God. I don't want anything else. I only want God. But watch yourself this week and watch how many things you do want. Watch how many things you're asking for. If you're asking for a healing, if you're asking for money, if you're asking for any kind of success, if you're asking for anything to change in the world, if you want situations to be different, there's nothing wrong with that. But you're in mind training now. You're training your mind to recognize 
that the mind does want things. And that's nothing more than the wrong use of your mind. Magic is nothing more than mindless or destructive use of your mind. That's it. And you suddenly become aware of that. And this is a training for miracle workers. Jesus says in here, talks about the sole responsibility of the miracle worker. I love this sentence. It says, before it is safe to let miracle workers loose in this world, it is essential that they understand fully the fear of release. And the reason I'm constantly really inviting people to get a copy of the book is wouldn't you want to know what the next sentences are? Like, wouldn't you want to do this on your own? Because otherwise, you're just going to keep waiting for me to do another episode. And I don't want that for you. I want you to have the full information right there in your hands where you are able to find your own inner guide. And you're able to read these words for yourself and take the steps that are needed for you to undo the thought system of fear. And your entire horizontal timeline collapses. And you will see health. You will see your relationships transform. But you're no longer asking for these things because you have transcended them. You don't want to make a happy dream. You're not interested in a better life. You want only God. You're remembering that this is what you were sent here for. That you were sent here by God as a light in this world. And now you take your place among the miracle workers of this world. And there's joy involved because you know you're not alone. You know that there is one with you that goes with you. And you are now trusting in this presence, in this power, and not on your own self. So I love you with all my heart. I'm grateful that you are here listening. You made it to the end. I love that. It means you have been called. And you are hearing. And you are taking your place. And I love it. And so now the time factor is up to you. The speed by which this occurs for you is up to you. I love you. Thank you for listening to The Lisa Show. Have a miraculous week.